Well, we love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can be seated this morning. Go ahead and thank you for being in the house of the Lord today. It's a beautiful day outside, but it's hot. Don't get hotter, it looks like, as the week goes on, but uh, just thankful that we can still come in. That's one good thing. I, I appreciate those people that pioneered and had those brush arbors and, and tents. But let me tell you, Lord, thank you for giving somebody the idea to create air conditioning. Amen. God's good to us. He looked down the road and he said, he, he said I know there'll be a generation and they're going to need AC or they ain't going to church. <laughs> so he gave man some wisdom and let him fix that for us. So we appreciate the Lord. We, we've got uh, several visitors with us today and we welcome you. We're going to uh, say more about all you guys in the next service, but we're glad you're here with us today and thankful that you would come spend time with us. It's an honor to have you with us. And uh, we're going to, so you, you're coming in on the third lesson of a series of, that we've been teaching, Living the Blessed Life or Living a Blessed Life, and um, things that we can do that will help us out in our walk with God and just to be better uh, individually, you know, and, and in our day-to-day living. People are always looking for a way, you know, searching things, man. How can self-improvement, how can I be better, what can I do? So we, uh, our discipleship class is, you know, geared toward making that happen. How can we be better? Because when you get better with the Lord, everything else falls in line. In Psalm, the first chapter, uh, the first book, he said, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. You know, he goes through where he doesn't go, but then he begins to talk about what this guy does. That uh, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And then he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers and bring forth his fruit in the season. So what you see is that when you can get things right with you and the Lord, that the rest of things fall in place, that it helps every aspect of your life. You know, uh, the Lord reassured Peter and the disciples when they said, we've left all to follow you. What are we going to have? And he began to tell them how they would be blessed in this life and in the life to come. And so we know that we, if we exercise ourselves unto godliness, that is profitable in this life and in the life to come. So we know that uh, of all the books that are written and uh, programs that are instituted to get better, the 12 step, 13, 50 steps, whatever they are, this book, this Bible has what you need to help you be the best you that you will ever be. And so we, we're thankful for the word. So today... We'll continue on our third lesson, Living a Blessed Life, and we're going to talk about good stewardship. And so if we want to continue living a, uh, living a blessed life, then we must, must practice good stewardship, and that's not just talking about money because God's given us a lot of things besides money. But our, our scripture that we'll go to was one we read last week, 1 Timothy 6 and 10. It says, For the love of money is the root of all evil." which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. If you have a love for money, you're going to probably not be a very good steward because all you're going to do is chase that. 
Would you lift your hands and let's pray for the lesson this morning. Lord, thank you for your word, for the instruction that it gives us. And God, I ask you today to open our minds and our hearts. Let us receive your word into good ground today so that we can be changed and be better, that we'll be ready to meet you when you come again. We ask it all in Jesus' name and everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap for his word this morning. Thankful for the word of the Lord. Thankful for his word. To kind of give us an idea of stewardship, our lesson opens with a, a small narrative. It's a little story. It's, it's, it's kind, of a, kind of funny, but still a good, makes a good point. It says, crouching among the shrubs, there were three boyhood friends jostled one another for a better look at the sophisticated man who had just emerged from the Rogers estate. The boys had grown up hearing about the barrels of money and expensive china that were said to be behind the doors of the massive and elaborate mansion that dominated Main Street. If only we could get a good look inside, the youngest of them whispered. My brother said that his friend went inside with his dad to fix a faucet and everything is gold-plated. He said it was fancier than the White House. I wonder why, what it's like being so rich, and I wonder where he got all that money, pondered the third child, and he said, I double-dog dare somebody to go ask him. Well, that dare was too much to resist, and the youngest boy jumped out of the bushes and ran across the street, and he grabbed the coattail of the startled gentleman who had just turned to make his way down the street. Mister, just how rich are you, and how would you get so much money? He asked, and uh, the man was uh, startled and he gave him a little smile and he squatted down and looked him in the eyes and he said, young man, this isn't my house. My salary is probably smaller than most people in this town. You see, this house belongs to a billionaire who is rarely here. I'm just the steward. Really, said the boy, do you mean that you get to live here with all this fancy stuff for free? Well, I do the work of maintaining and protecting the property. And my boss is so happy that he can trust me that he gives me a salary and lets me live on his property and enjoy all this luxury. Having satisfied his curiosity, the boy spun around, ran back across the street past his friends, all the way home where he excitedly shared the whole story with his mother. When he finished sharing his exploits, his mother took advantage of the teaching moment and explained, you know, Tommy, it's kind of like that for us too. God has given us life provision, family, and many blessings for us to steward. They're not really ours, but as long as we take good care of them, we get to enjoy them. So we see uh, kind of, because a lot of people don't really know the definition of a steward. You know, uh, what's the difference between owning something and being a steward of something? And so uh, you're a steward of things, you take care of things that you really don't own. You use wise decisions in handling them. You you make good choices, and uh, you know that I'm doing this for the owner. And God has given us many things uh, in this life, and not just money. I'm thankful that he provides us with jobs and ways to earn a living and make a living. That's great. But even if you don't handle that wisely, uh, it's going um, to take care of you. Here's two things about money. Either you handle it or it handles you. That's, yeah, you, you either have control over it because you have said, this is how I will use it, this is how I'm going to handle it, or either you're just trying to earn it, and you're, or either you're spending it faster than you can or living above your means, and it's going to handle you. 
that every time you see a paycheck, all you're doing is writing it out. Or every time you can do anything to make a dollar, you're doing it, and money's handling you. you know, there's nothing wrong with working some overtime, but if overtime takes all your time, it's handling you. Because, well, I'm, I'm trying to get out of a hole. You know, there's other ways to get out of a hole than working yourself till you die. Because I gotta, I've got to work 95 hours this week. Why? So you can bury yourself? Because what good would it be when you finally get out of the hole if you're dead? <laughs> or you've ruined every, you, you've isolated yourself to the point that you don't even have a relationship with your family or friends or your church anymore because you think, i got to make all this money. There's ways to be a good steward of things that God has given you, and it's all found in the Scripture. But money is a leading indicator of a person's heart. Someone once said that if you show me a man's checkbook, I'll tell you where his priorities are. And so money is a, a good sign, an indicator of what you value or where your treasure is. For wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be also. And so uh, our scripture again reminds us that the love of money is the root of all evil. Not that money is evil. The, again, one of the most misquoted scriptures in the book. People say all the time, oh, you know, uh, money is the root of all evil. It's not money. It's the love of money that is the root of all evil. And it says when some people, and this would be the people, I would say, who are not good stewards, they have coveted after, they have erred from the faith, that, you know, that even people don't realize it, but that love of money can hinder your belief in the Lord. It can, it can mess you up. In, uh, uh, some people can be so, uh, you know, I'm not giving my money to, you know, here's the number one thing, especially as a pastor that you, you hear all the time. I'm not giving my money to a preacher. Well, you're not giving your money to a preacher. So that's a misconception anyway, but, you know, I, I'm not going to go to church because I'm not going to give them my money. And so they err, err from the faith. They don't realize that God loves a cheerful giver and that when you give, it'll be given back, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Uh, they don't know that this Jesus that they say they love and, and love all his words that he said when you give. In other words, there's an expectation and that Jesus talked about money more than any other subject that he preached on. But not how to get more of it, but how to handle it and what the mishandling of it would bring in our life. So if we can be a good steward, stewardship is the proper way to handle money. A good steward. Learning how to take care of that so that it does not get a handle on you and uh, you learn how to handle it. It'll make your life a lot easier. Good stewardship will shepherd your heart. It'll help keep your heart in the right place. Uh, you won't always be coveting after money or always worrying about money. Stewardship, uh, you can kind of compare it to how, uh, or the reins of a horse. God is holding the reins. And uh, as we go through this life, we, we feel his tug that keeps us, uh, if we start erring off to the right, he kind of leads us back to the center. If it's to the left, he leads us back to the center. As long as we pay attention to the tugging of the reins. Now, if you're a horse rider, you may have a horse sometimes that uh, he's going to keep veering and you're, you really got a snatch on him. Well, I, I'd rather get that little gentle tug. <laughs> if, if you're diligent in keeping God's word in your heart. And if you're diligent about your prayer life and listening to what the Spirit would say 
and how he would guide you, God doesn't have to give you that super sharp tug or either that pop to say, hey, you got to get back in line. You know, there's an old saying that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. I'd rather go ahead and while I've got, listen to the small little, hey, get back, then, then get the paddling. You know, you know, a lot of kids, if they had to listen when they, we said, don't touch that the first time, they wouldn't have got the reminder the second time. You know, listen what your parent, what the one is, that's in authority is saying, and you're going to have a lot easier time uh, getting through this life. So if we're diligent, it's less likely that God's correction in our life has to be drastic. He could just nudge us. Or that people would get back to listening to the, the voice of the Lord and to the Spirit of God. And, and really, looking at His Word is more than just good reading. I mean, yeah, it's great reading, but it's instruction. It's, it's words to live by. Doesn't it tell us that we live by every word? So if, I wanna, if God created man, he, he made us in his image, just perfect in his image. Why would we think that we could live outside of the creator's instruction and be good? Not that we couldn't live out because we've done that, but uh, why would anybody think that they would have their best life out from under the instruction of the creator? You know, if uh, you've got to use things within the guidelines. We've got to use this life within the guidelines set by the Creator. Just like, you know, people do that with any product they buy. Any old just cheap product that they buy, they use it. They say, okay, this is used for, uh, you know, you buy a vacuum cleaner. You're not going to go out and vacuum your yard with it. <laughs> well, it says it's supposed to pick up dirt. Not that dirt. You don't get to decide that. And so you, you use it. And if, well, go ahead and do that. You'll be buying another one. And you'll always be spending and spending because you're always breaking and you're not using it according to the guidelines uh, that, it, that it was meant for. And so if we would take as much care to, to use simple tools or automobiles and things, and it's got to be, you know, well, I don't want to avoid the warranty because if it break, you know, something happens, I want the dealer to pay for it. So we use our cars like they're supposed to be used. And, but, so why would the most precious thing that we'll ever uh, have in, with us, our life, our soul, would we try to live outside of the manufacturer's guideline? Live your life in the, in the oh, I, yeah, there you go, preacher, box us in. It's not boxing you in, man. It's the guardrail that keeps you from going off into destruction. It's, it's, not, uh, it's not so you can be hemmed up and boxed up and, and, and rubber stamped into heaven. It's, it's to keep you on that straight and narrow. It's, it's like guardrails to keep you from destruction. And so we need that. And so uh, one way is uh, that we learn to be good stewards with what God has given us here. Because it ain't all about money. That we've, I know we've addressed that at first and mentioned that over the last few lessons, but uh, God has given you a voice. God has given you life. He's, he's given you abilities, talents, things like that. And, and be a good steward of what God has given you and, and realize you can use it for the glory of God. We cannot use this for an occasion. The scripture says don't use this liberty that God's given you for an occasion to the flesh. You don't take your calling and use it to hold people down. 
You don't use it to whip people and, and, or you don't use it to, to gather things in and lift yourself up. You know, this, any calling anybody has is to help somebody else to connect somebody else to the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter what level you minister on, uh, the end game is that you're helping somebody get started or get to or continue on the path to the kingdom. And so uh, if you're not a good steward of what God's give you, you're not helping, you're hurting. You've got to be in line with the program. You can't preach to somebody outside of the guidelines and it help them. You've got to stay in the frame of God's word. Now, uh, Moses was probably one of the greatest examples of just being a great steward uh, because he always relied on God's direction. When you uh, read about Moses uh, with that church he had in the wilderness, he was always seeking God's counsel. Every time he, he would spend, we know, at least two 40 days and 40 nights on the mountain with God, finding out, God, what do you want us to do? Whenever a problem would arise or a difficult situation, he didn't lash out. He would fall down and cry out to God, God, what do we do here? What, when, whether it was, I don't know what direction to go, I don't know what to do about food or water, or I don't know what to do about these people that want to stone me. I don't know what to do. And God would always answer. He was always, and he would even tell God, listen, we can change anything, or you can even just move me out of the way if that's what you want to do. Just however you choose, I know it'll be the best way. And so uh, Moses, with his careful stewardship, uh, he preserved the people of Israel as God made a nation out of them and led them into the promised land, changing them from uh, being slaves in Egypt to free men uh, in the promised land. So we can see through the life of Moses that good stewardship of what God has placed in your care can help move things into the promise. Whenever you take care of what God has placed in your hands, it's always headed to a better place. And God placed the care of Israel in Moses' hands. And so Moses was careful about decisions. Yeah, was he a man? We know he was. He got angry, smote that rock, and it cost him. We know uh, that Moses was just a man, but uh, for, for everything else, he did. He was there to take care of the people of God. He interceded, stepped in, and said, if you're going to wipe them out, wipe me out too. You know, he, he was willing to give his life for those people. He was uh, taking care of the things that God gave him and uh, in that time and all that time, there were new leaders that came up, new people to come and help carry it on and move it on. There was uh, a Joshua that would, would take his place and step over into the promised land with uh, Israel. And so we see that if Moses had not been a good steward, who would have took care of them? Where would they have ended up? Would they have made it at all? It's, uh, you know, if you, if you work, if you were the the retail manager of a store. You're not the owner of the store, and, but you're there to take care of the day-to-day -day operation. When you go into a store and you say, let me see the manager, you're not talking to the, the company, the person that owns that, who has, it's their money, this is my store. You're talking to the guy who's running the day-to-day -day operation. And he's going to make sure employees are on time or they get off on time, that they're taken care of. He's, he's handling the inventory, things like that. There's some things that he can't handle on his own. He has to go back to the owner, to, just like we do. There's a lot of things we can take care of because God's given us wisdom to do it, but big, important decisions, we need to pray. Go back to the 
the owner and say, what do I do in this situation? How do I handle this? And uh, that's what it's like when you're a manager. Uh, and so uh, God has given us to, things to manage in this life. Your life is so much more. You know, the scripture tells us that it, our life consists of more than just the physical things that we have. It's, it's more than just meat and drink. It's not just clothing that you put on and things like that, but it's uh, the potential that is inside of a human being that has been created in the image of the Almighty God. Isn't it amazing how you can speak a word uh, that changes someone's life? Have you ever talked with someone who was going through something and, and it seemed like God just gave you wisdom and, man, you're, you're amazed. That, is that me talking? Because you're like, I know I was that smart. And, uh, it, but you just listening to the Lord and you're saying something. And before you know it, man, they, they break down, they break through, they, they get better. They're like, that's what I needed to hear. Or, or God uses you to come up with some, to somebody in the altar and kneel down beside them and pray or speak a word of faith or either lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Man, how incredible is that? That's more incredible than having six figures in the bank account. That's, I mean, because you can't buy that anywhere. And so our life is so much more. And, and while, yes, there are physical needs that have to be met, but the Scripture says when you trust God, those things will be taken care of. He, he feeds the birds of the air. He clothes the field with flowers. How much more valuable are you to him than that? And so when we seek first the kingdom of God, all these things are added. So uh, I'm not saying we don't need good jobs. Yeah, good. Have a great job. It's not a good job if it keeps you from doing good. Well, it pays the bill. That's about all you can say about it because it's not a good job if it keeps you from church. Oh, it, I, yeah, we still preach like that, don't we? It's not a good job if it keeps you. Uh, now, I understand. Sometimes something happens. We've got people who do taxes, and when tax season comes, they're going to be slamming them. Y'all working as much as we can get you to work. Got inventory sometimes. People have to go in, and, and I understand special circumstances. But if you knowingly take a job, and he tells you, you're going to work every Sunday, I can live with that. If you can live with that, whew, come on. We, we need to make sure that uh, it's not just all about that money. We've got to make sure that we are being good stewards with things. We, we've got uh, to have things. We've got to have a vehicle to drive. That's fine. But if you know you can't afford a $45,000 vehicle, then don't buy it. Buy you a $4,500 vehicle or a $450 vehicle if, it'll, if it's working. And uh, you'll get you a moped, a bicycle, do something. You know, if it'll get you there, you know, and let me tell you, there ain't nothing like you'll, you'll drive whatever if you've been without. It's funny today, I'm getting off, I got to get back, but when I turned, was about to turn 16, I didn't care what a car looked like. Man, I borrowed our big giant green Buick LeSabre. I mean, it was green interior, green carpet, green headliner, green paint green a green yacht is what it was <laughs> huge and then uh but it, you didn't care it wasn't about what it looked like it's just man i can go i can go but now today boy what's up with you young people i see i drive past a high school parking lot 
Man, I used to see beat up, rusted up cars in the park. Now, them Shelby 350s sitting there and two or three of them parked side by side. And you're like, are you kidding me? I've been working all my life to get one of them. They ain't even out of school. And so I just try not to covet after it, you know. Just. But good stewards, you know, good. Take care of, of your money. Take care of that. But listen, your money takes care of a lot of needs. But what God put in you is taking care of a need. Because he said you're the salt of the earth. You're here to influence. And if the salt has lost its savor, he said, just throw it away. It's no good for anything anymore. Or you're the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men so they can see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So I realized that, hey, man, it's awesome when you can uh, help somebody out with $5, $10, somewhere, or even bigger than that. So if you've got that and you can do that, that's great. But all the dollars in the world can't take the place of you preaching the gospel or being, showing the love of God to somebody, because love, or what do you say, having compassion on some, making a difference. Now, I get, granted, sometimes that, that, that means, hey, give them an offering, help them out, uh, you know, pay light bills, help them out sometimes if you can, give them some groceries, uh, you know, buy them a pair of shoes, whatever you got to do sometimes. If you can do it, man, do that. That's being a good steward of what God's given you, because I promise you'll get that back. It's coming back. But, man, can you imagine how wonderful it's going to be when you get to heaven and somebody you pray through, the Holy Ghost uh, walks up to you and says, man, I'm glad that you listened to the Lord. I'm so glad that he puts you in my footsteps, in my path of life because I'm here because of what you said or somebody. You, know, you never know the impact, the eternal impact you're going to have just by being a good steward of what God has already given you. So don't, don't get down on yourself all the time. You know, people get, well, they, they just get discouraged because, well, I can't write a $1,000 check. So, so what? Maybe you can't. Maybe $2 is all you got. Fine. That's fine. But you can love somebody and be there for somebody and shine a light to somebody, teach a Bible study, pray with somebody, visit somebody, you know, uh, the dividing factor, uh, I always call it that, where it says he's dividing some off to the left and the right. It ain't, he's not dividing them according to the bank account or even what, what he said. Uh, when I was in prison, you came and visited me. When I was hungry, you fed me. You know, he, he's listing all the things that he said, as much as you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. You were good stewards of what I gave you. Well, let me hear what God gave us. He gave us the love of God when the Holy Ghost was shed abroad in our hearts. And let me tell you, the love of God is more important than any, any dollar sign that we have. So absolutely be a good steward of your money because if you're not, you'll be miserable. You'll be worried, you'll be troubled, and you won't even be able to think about God. You can't think about helping nobody else because you feel like you're drowning all the time. Be good stewards of your money, but remember... Remember that God gave you so much more than money to deal with. And so it's not just going to be, hey, yeah, let me tell you, I be, I'm a preacher, I, and I believe the word, and I believe you ought to pay your tithes and give in offerings. I believe that. But it's going to be so much more than what you put in the plate yeah. on that day. Yeah. It's going to be how, how are you 
with the gospel? How are you with the people? What did you do after I filled you with the Holy Ghost? What did you do with what I gave you? And so, uh, in, you know, God has given us richly, 1 Timothy 6 and 17 says he's given us richly all things to enjoy. All things to enjoy. God has blessed us. Look, it's all here, but you got to take care of it. You can't just tear it up. You can't just neglect it. You can't just let it sit idle. You've got to take care of what I have given you. There are some simple practices that uh, can help alleviate worry and ensure that greed, excess, pride stays out of our heart. Those are things you want to stay away from you uh, because as you think in your heart, that's the way you'll be. And if you are greedy in your heart, that's what you'll be. Number one, don't spend more time, money, or energy than you currently have. Don't overspend anything because you may have the best of intentions, but when you overspend in time, money, or energy, you end up with bad results because you will stretch yourself so thin. You ever heard them say you've got too many irons in the fire? It's, you, you, you know, I'm burning the candle at both ends. Well, stop. <laughs> you know? Uh, You've got to take care. Hey, you know what another thing of being a good steward is? This body. And when you run it ragged and run it to death until it falls out, for what? God wants you to take care. Because you can't be a a great uh, anything if you broke down all the time. Because you don't sleep. Because you don't eat nothing but garbage. You you know, you you never drink water. You you know, hey, I love coffee, but you got to have water sometimes. Come on, you, you, I mean, you've got to have water sometimes, you, you know, and as hard as it is, it, sometimes this is the only water I get during the week. I, I, I'm making better, I'm trying to get better at doing that, but you, you need water, you need to eat right, take care of yourself, exercise a little bit, and, and make sure this body is ready for whatever calling God's give you. You've got to be able to endure. It's amazing to me to see kids that are half my age that, that uh Man, after just an hour or two of doing something, they're like, man, I'm tired. Boy, if I could be 25 again, let me tell you something. Uh, you know, you, it's, uh, how? How are you tired? 25 years old? Man, I didn't stop. But it's the truth. But it's because of the way they treat their bodies today. Uh, plan. Now, this is something that my wife is really good at. I, however, not so good. Plan your use of time, money, energy, using budgets, to-do list. Uh, that's a list-making woman right there. She can make a list and a reasonable schedule. She's worked on me over the years. I, I have broken down and started buying planners, and I actually write in them. I do not open them very often, which <laughs> causes conflict, but um, I'm trying to be better a good steward with my time. Choose to invest in material goods and resources for their practical value rather than their social status value. I got to have the newest, biggest phone. Why? Because the one you got now, it don't call out. You know? Well, it does, but it don't take 4D video, X-ray vision, satellite, laser beams, whatever. 
I heard Brother Emery say the other night, he said, he said, he was holding, he said, I got an iPhone 7. And most of y'all are way past that iPhone 7 now. And he said, but you know what? When I dial the number, somebody says hello on the other end, he said, that's all I need. And so he's like, it's for the practical use. So, hey, get you a flip phone. Yeah, I didn't get no amens, did I? Yeah, so, you know, hey, it, it, why you need it for? But today a phone is more important for picture taking than it is for anything else, which I, pre- I appreciate. It's great. It's, I mean, it's a, technology is awesome. Use it. Be a good steward of it if you got it. And, man, we got some people, our, our media team runs around with them phones. Man, they take some of the best pictures and videos. Yeah, they do. They, they, they really uh, capture some, have captured some beautiful moments that would just most people missed in a service. Uh, and so we appreciate them being good stewards with their iPhones or droids or whatever it is they've got. So get the most out of your time, money, and activities by choosing discreetly and savoring every experience every experience, uh, guard against anything that becomes addictive or all-consuming. Uh, on a regular basis, evaluate your choices to ensure that God's kingdom and your family are priorities in your life. Because that family, that's, a, that's something you need to be a good steward of. Take full advantage of free resources and wholesome recreation. You know, there's a lot of things you can do. People, they, they go broke trying to do something, but there's a lot of things you can do for free. Go to the park. The park? Yeah, throw a Frisbee, man. You know, that's what we used to do. Uh, oh, no, I, I've got to play something that I have to pay for, you know. Well, you learn when you get older. Wish I had all the money I spent playing things. Uh, now when I'm older, it's like, let's go somewhere and just look at stuff. <laughs> when you get older, you just like to look at things, man. It's, it's well, just go walk in the woods or something. It's nice. So take, uh, yeah, let's see. Submit all your major decisions to God by praying and seeking godly counsel. And so we see, and as we noted in our previous lesson, that money or stewardship issues are often closely tied to trust issues. Do you trust God enough with your life that you can be a good steward of what he's gave you? Or are you trying to manage it like you own it? Our natural, because that's the way this world is. This is my body, this is me, this is my life, and so I'm going to make the rules. It don't work like that, uh, not well. Our natural inclinations coupled with our tendency to compare ourselves with others complicate the matter. So often we value ourselves or others according to our monetary worth, our talent, or any other blessings we feel we have or do not have. Without realizing it, even believers, that's us, tend to adopt the philosophy of the world that tells us that our happiness is tied to our worth. In reality, happiness may be best found somewhere between rich and poor because both the rich and poor are worried about money. The solution to worry is stewardship because whether we have little or much to manage, we can take great satisfaction having done our best to take care of the things that God has given us. The old song said, little is much when God is in it. Uh, It's not about how much it is, what did you do with what God has given you, and don't compare yourself. Comparison will ruin you in the stewardship arena because you're always trying to be what somebody else is or, or surpass somebody else, but just be who you are. 
Be what God made you. He, he, the Bible says he, he has placed every member in the body as he sees fit because he knows where it has to go. And you know what? Each body part does, when it's doing what it's supposed to do, that's when it works the best. Aren't you thankful that he didn't give every part of the body its own mind? So that one day you wake up and your hand is going, I refuse to pick anything else up. That's just, I'm bored with that. So if I can't see, I'm not going to do nothing. And you're just walking around. Because your hand has made that decision. Hey, hand, what you do is important. And the rest of the body needs that because you're the one fixing to pick that hamburger up. Or I need you to pick that spoon up. I need you to, you know, crank the car. I need you. You're needed. Uh, My eyes can't crank the car. My eyes can't feed me. You know, it's, uh, so you've got to see the value in what you are in the body and realize just because you're not uh, the, the nose or the ear or the, you know, or the foot, uh, hey, whatever it is, what you do is important and it's valuable. And it means something and it only works right when it's in the parameters that God has established. If you decided, well, from now on, I'm going to walk on my hands. Nothing else. How are you going to eat? How are you going to change your clothes or take a shower? Or, or do, You've got to have those hands for what they were meant for. So I just like being upside down. Well, you're stupid. But, uh, so there's another problem there. But, you know, but God designed you to be right side up, walking and talking and using your hands, you know. So uh, you're out of the image of the Lord now. You're upside down. So, uh, you know, but what I'm, I say all that to say this. Learn to value who you are and then use who you are for the greater good. You know, uh, hey, you know what? This hand, hard to do anything with it if the fingers are gone. If you were just missing a thumb, how hard it is. You can't do everything you could. You, know, you can adjust, but it's not the same. Well, that's just old thumbs. Look at them thumbs. Look at that. What is that? You can't even do that, can you? But look at that. But I'm glad I got it. I'm glad it ain't, I ain't, you know, nothing's happened to it. I want to keep it. Because, man, it'd be hard, when you, especially when you was holding one of these, you'd be slinging it everywhere. But, it's like that with the individual person for this body, for this life. Be a good steward of who God's made you because it'll be effective. It'll reach somebody. It'll touch somebody. It'll help them uh, as, as we go on in this world. And so how, how we handle resources such as time and talent and money, uh, that, that reveals where our heart's at. And if we're not handling these things well, there's, there's an issue there. It's when we're, our, our, our lives that we have for God, if we're misusing that, there's an issue. Our heart may not be in the place it was before when we started out on this race. We need to pray and ask God to create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me, get me back in the place I need to be. So uh, I don't want him to look at me and say, you've left your first love. You know, uh, I, I want to make sure I'm doing the things uh, that I should be doing. Now, 
whether God blesses us with little or much, and honey, you can come on to the music. I know I'm getting close to winding down. He will often test our motives and stretch our faith using life situations that revolve around money, talent, or opportunity. And since our response to life often reveal uh, deeper heart issues, stewardship practices serve to temper or adjust our hearts. Some, for example, for, sometimes a lack of money is simply an opportunity to pray and watch God take care of our daily need. Sometimes it's a test of whether we serve God because we love Him or because He provides for us. That's a question that needs to be resolved. Do I love God because I love Him or do I love Him because He provides for me? Why do I serve the Lord? The trusting believer does not get bitter at God because he does not have a million dollars in his bank account that God just dumps in their lap. Instead, they make peace with what God has provided and lives by the scripture, Philippians 4 and 6. Hey, don't worry about anything. Be careful for nothing, but in all things, pray about it. Prayer, supplication, thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. Thank him for everything he's done. Biblical stewardship means accepting what God gives and then make the most of it. Take what God has given and then make the most of it. Peter said it like this, 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11, The end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober, watch unto prayer. Above all things have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sin. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracle of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth. That's a big lesson to learn in the ministry. That God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise, dominion forever and ever. Amen. So there's great instruction there about uh, We've been given things, but you do it within the guidelines as a good steward. That's the way God gets the glory. It's when we do it according to the Word of God. In Matthew 25, and you can stand with me this morning, there's a parable that we all know about the, the Lord going into a far country and distributing talents to His servants. I think He gives one five, one two, and then one to the other. And it's not about the number of talents that they had. The parable is, what did they do with what was given? Because when the Lord comes back, they're, the, they're two of the servants that they took those talents and they doubled them and used them and they multiplied and grew. And, um, and they both got the same response, well done. That was great. But this one guy that only had one talent, maybe he's intimidated, maybe he's worried because it's just one and I don't want to break it, I don't know. Uh, but he buries it. And when he gets back, the Lord gets back, he says, here, here's the talent just like you gave it to me. I did nothing with it. And the Lord was angry because he knows that the talent has the ability to produce and you didn't do anything with what I gave you. So he takes it. You know, he thought he was safeguarding it by hiding it and burying it and keeping it. And that's what actually caused him to lose it because he takes that talent from him and gives it to the one who had the most and then casts him out. And then uh, the end result was what he said in Matthew 25 and 23. Well done, good and faithful servant. Boy, I want to hear that. 
You have been faithful over a few things. Now I'll make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And so God's going to wonder for people who are discouraged about few. Why didn't you do anything with the few things? We're always like, well, I want to have my hands in everything. Why? You can't do something with the few things you've got. If we would concentrate right there, God's going to, God will give us the increase. God will add to you uh, as, as he sees fit. The Bible says that that man gave those talents uh, according to their abilities. He knew that this guy can handle five. This guy can handle two. That's it within the scope of their ability. This guy can handle one. I know he can do it. I didn't give somebody something and they can't. It's impossible. They'll just ruin it. He knew that he could handle it, but he didn't do anything with it. So I don't want to look at myself and think, well, if I, you know, if I can't be like that, then I ain't going to be nothing. Or on the other end, well, I'm not really nothing, so I'm just not going to do anything. Every one of us is a part of it, and every one of us is important. And you'd be surprised even just how being faithful in attendance People look around and see your steadfastness. Yeah, you know what? If, if it was a diff, different group of people in here every week, they, and there was four or five that was here, they, you know, where's the faithful people? You know, if people were just in and out and in and out. But when you're there week after week, worship, praying, sing, whatever it is you do, you're faithful to your spot, to your position. You never know how many people sit there and go, there's one thing, if they can do it, I can they can be faithful and be here, I can do it. And it just, they, they know that there's solid people and that there's something real. So you never know just by doing all you can with what you got. Whatever you find to do, the scripture said, do it with your might. So uh, maybe you're just, maybe you're just one of these little old, my, me and my daughter like to use the scientific term, you're just a little phalange dancing around this world. You're important. You mean something to the Lord. He wouldn't have put you there if he didn't need you there. So wherever you find yourself, hey, look where God's put me. I'm going to do everything I can to make it go. Let's lift our hands and just pray together to receive the word of the Lord. Thank you, God, for your word today, for reminding us how valuable the things are that you have given us. Not just money, but Lord, you've given us a word. You've given us that that word of reconciliation, that ministry, Lord. You've given us the love of God shed abroad in our heart, the Holy Ghost that gives us power. Lord, you've given us faith. You've given us peace and comfort, God. So many, and you've given us power over all the power of the enemy. So many resources, God, let them be used for your glory. Let us be good stewards of the things you've given us. Don't let our hearts be full of greed or covetousness, Lord. Don't let us be jealous of our brother or sister, but let us love one another and work together and see the kingdom grow and be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand this morning. What a great God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we're thankful for the Lord, and I'm thankful for everything God's given us. Let's find a place to pray before the next service and see God do some great things. God bless you.